Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs, and the best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events and track your results through the evening to see if you will achieve a victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So go ahead and download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to get free shots at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. What's good? What's good? What's good? Jason Jones, and I'm back with your latest edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Again, I am your host, Jason Jones, uh, of the Athletic, long-time, maybe too long-time Sacramento Kings beat writer, here to talk Kings, hip-hop, and whatever else I feel like talking about on any given day, but you know what this week is about. It's NBA Draft Week. Shortly thereafter, we'll jump right into NBA free agency. But this week, we're going to focus heavy on the draft. Draft is Thursday. Kings have a lot of options. Or maybe not a lot of options, but maybe they have a lot of... I don't know. They got a lot of feelers out there. Probably a better way of putting it. (laughs) 
As I would have told you a month or two ago, you're going to hear their name in a ton of rumors. That's been the case already. We're going to touch on some of those. And no better place to start than within the Pacific Division with Kings Lakers. Now, you all know where I'm from. I'm from L.A. Blah, we all know all that. And I've long said that this real notion of the of a Kings Lakers rivalry is really kind of a misnomer because to me for a rivalry to work <coughs> excuse me but last little remnants of this allergy situation I've had for whatever but I did take my medicine so I do feel a whole lot better but as I was saying in order for a rivalry to work both sides have to feel the tension I'm a Dodger fan and I despise the San Francisco Giants. And the feeling is mutual. And when it comes to the Kings Lakers, it's not like that. I think the Kings Kings fans really despise the Lakers. And the Lakers are like, oh, I don't think I don't think there's a Laker fan waking up any day going, you know what? I really wonder what the Kings are gonna do. During that they're in drastically different spots. Lakers are trying to get a championship. Kings is trying to get in the playoffs. That being said, it was reported on uh, Sunday by my colleague Sham Sharana, Sharanya that uh, Kings and Lakers have been in talks about a deal with the two primary parts being Buddy Hield to the Lakers, Kyle Kuzma to the Kings. It's not the first time that <clears throat> Kuzma's been attached to the Lakers. I don't know if you maybe a little more than a year ago, there were rumors about a possible Kuzma for a Bogdan Bogdanovich swap, which would have happened under Vlade Divac's tenure as general manager. Clearly that didn't happen, but things have changed. <clears throat> new GM and maybe a new hope or a new lifeline for the idea of Kyle Kuzma ending up a, a Sacramento King course there's a lot to kind of digest with that i wrote about it for the athletic kind of why kuzma why it makes sense for the kings why it makes sense for the lakers and for the lakers is kind of obvious team needs shooting you got lebron james you got anthony davis you got two of the 10 best players in the NBA on your team. You want to help them out by getting uh, shooting players that the opposition will have to account for in those situations. And of course, Buddy would, I think would flourish in that role where he wouldn't be asked to do nearly as much as he is with the Kings. He just basically be, be go out there and just shoot, which is kind of his role with the Kings, but the Kings need him to be, at a super elite level at that just to compete whereas in LA Buddy would be in a situation where he's a complimentary piece it's not so much about running about the stuff to get Buddy open than it is uh, Buddy just being ready to catch and shoot probably more so than he is in Sacramento 
Asked for Kuzma to the Kings. <clears throat> I mean, I think uh, a lot of people have been kind of, I'd say, biased against Kuzma based on his playoff performance. But overall, he had a solid season. You know, and he averaged over 18 points a game a couple of years ago with Luke Walton as his coach. So you would assume that anybody knows how to get Kuz going offensively, it's going to be Luke Walton. The Kings need more size. They need more depth in the front court. You know, this idea of playing 6'4", Buddy Heald, you know, 6'4", you know, and 6'4 is generous for Buddy, you know, 6'4", Terrence Davis, you know, who's, oh, by the way, the Kings did tender the qualifying offer to make him a restricted free agent, but playing so small on the wing has hurt the Kings in the past. And I think will continue to hurt them if they don't get some uh, front court players with some size. Kuzma would give them that. He's listed at 6'10. He'd give them a player that uh, other teams uh, def- um, defensively would have to account for. Just because I believe playing for Sacramento, there'd be a lot more freedom for him offensively. He wouldn't be deferring to two superstars, all star level players. So. That would help, and I think, you know, and the Kings want to play small, but they want to play fast. And when they play small, you know, small and fast. And Kuzma's a guy who you could use as a stretch four. And then also still play, say, a Harrison Barnes at three. So you can play a smaller style while still playing fast. So because one of the misnomers, I think it's also, that's not going to be my word today, misnomer, but one of the misconceptions about playing small is that that means everyone out there is 6'3". It's really about a style of play than it is the size of the players. I mean, Milwaukee just won a championship by going small when they you know, used Giannis Adonacupo as a center. The Lakers did it the year before by using, using AD as a center. I mean, you saw the Warriors do it by using Draymond Green as a center. You know, but also having some guys with some good size, you know, on the wings, the guys like Clay Thompson, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, you know, later on Kevin Durant, you know, but they're playing small in terms of style, pace, shooting and whatnot, but they're not a small team. The Kings have been playing small while also being a small team, which has been part of their problem, especially last season. They were just too small all the way around. So you have, you know, you can... Get a guy like Kuzma in there who will give you some size, give you a little more lineup flexibility, a little more versatility, and perhaps give you a better chance of competing and winning some more games. That's not to say that Buddy Heald wouldn't be missed. I mean, guy makes threes, the number of threes he makes, you just don't replace that easily, but between you know Tyrese Halliburton who obviously would be a starter in that case if Buddy's gone between DeLon Wright between hope if you keep retain Terrence Davis you hope he's still a competent three-point shooter in that high 30s maybe f- cracks 40% range you still got if you still have Harrison Barnes who's a you know a solid three-point shooter maybe you can make up for losing Buddy 
with a collection of guys and distribute maybe buddies 12, 14 shots between those guys. While also hoping De'Aaron Fox's three-point shot shoot uh, improves. So you would hope that between all those guys and maybe even Kuz shooting threes, you'd be able to survive not having Buddy as your primary threat from three. Deal hasn't happened yet. Who knows if a deal actually happens? There's been talk of, well, maybe it's a salary thing and maybe the Lakers need Montrez Harrell to opt in. Then his contract would be used to be traded, you know, maybe to the Kings, which I think would be great for Sacramento. If they, if they could somehow get Kuzma and Harrell, you get you add to your bench and to your front court depth, you know, that would be good for them, which leads me to the next part of the, the whole pre-draft trade discussion is what do you do with Marvin Bagley III? Are the Athletics John Hollinger? Yeah, I'm just going to keep on guess, citing the Athletic this whole episode too, but he reported that the Kings have been looking to shop, you know, move uh, Marvin in, in, in essence to clear more salary to eventually resign Rashawn Holmes. And I just think that's a crazy thing. Not that John's reporting is crazy. Just the idea that this guy was the second overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft. And after three seasons, he could literally just be a salary dump to clear space to sign someone else who... Uh, you know, you know, not to not to go sign a KD. Not you know, not this isn't like when years ago when Houston acquired you know Thomas Robinson, so they could move him again to clear space to get Dwight Howard. You're talking about no shade to Rashawn, but you're talking about you, you brought them in basically together, Rashawn. You know, Rashawn and not not together. They were they. <laughs> They were, uh, you know, a year apart. Rashawn came in 2019, but still, you're looking at dumping the second overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft and his $11.3 million salary to keep Rashawn. And, man, that's just a wow to me. Just because you, who would have ever thought three years ago that... <clears throat> You would think the success of the Kings would depend on getting rid of Marvin Bagley. But it just honestly may be time to move on anyway. And in terms of immediate success, this team is talking about making the playoffs, trying to crack the top 10 and get into the play-in next season. Rashawn gets them there quicker than Marvin at this point it's because Marvin has missed so much time. He's only played, he's barely played in half of his uh, games as a pro that he's been uh Possible games. It was, uh, he's uh, played in 118, missed 108. Something like that. Yeah, just crazy, crazy amount of games that he's missed. So would the Kings be wise to try to dump that salary and keep Rashawn? Hard to argue against it. But if they were just going to dump his salary, they probably could, you would think they could have dumped it you know, trade deadline, but hey, just maybe there isn't the market out there for Marvin that maybe even Marvin thinks is out there for him. 
that's what I've heard for months that the market isn't exactly clamoring or there isn't a bunch of teams beating down the door to get Marvin Bagley the third. There have been questions about you know uh, clearly his injury, you know his, his durability, his toughness. It's not fair to say that he's you no know, he's not tough just because he got hurt, but those are the questions out there. So, what do the Kings do? Would I be shocked if Marvin is dealt this week? Not at all. The question is, what can you get for him? Is he is he lumped together with Buddy in a deal? Is he just is there a team like say is there like a team like I don't know, Oklahoma City that would absorb you know take him in just to get a look at him for a year as they try to build their thing out? You know, there's a lot of different things you probably could do with Marvin, but it doesn't look like you're going to get you know a player of similar maybe value on the outside. You know, maybe no less is more. I don't know, but you're not going to get say another top five pick for Marvin. You're not going to get a first round pick for Marvin. <laughs> it just looks more and more like the Marvin Bagley era is going to end in Sacramento just with a it's like a thud. But I think we've all been seeing this coming for a while. And it's almost like it's time just to go ahead and accept that it's going to happen. When? I don't know. It still wouldn't shock me if Marvin started the year with the Kings, but it's clear the priority is Rashawn Holmes, not Marvin. So we'll see where it goes from there. But before we get to all that, like I said, the draft is Thursday. Let's talk some NBA draft, what's, what's out there. What the Kings are looking at, all that fun stuff. But excuse me while I eat some of this this double good popcorn I just got. Just got this stuff is addicting. This this cheesy peasy caramel whatever it is. It's like it's like a Chicago mix in a bag where the cheese is over the you know, the caramel popcorn. Oh God, this stuff is so good. I mean, they're not paying me to say that, so I probably shouldn't have, but. The stuff is just so good. Can't help it. But I digress. Back to the draft. Now, I've done about four or five mock drafts, either for The Athletic, other people's podcasts, have me on, make a pick for the Kings. And I've picked them one different in every one. Literally, every one I've done, I've picked someone different. I've taken forwards i've taken a guard i've taken i've taken davion mitchell i've taken uh in one of the mock drafts james bow knight was available i took him i took alperin singoon singoon uh the uh turkish center i've taken jalen johnson and if i had to do it today again and the way a lot of these mocks look france Franz Wagner from Michigan looks like a guy the Kings would fit. Moses, like I said, Moses Moody fits. I mean, there's just, I don't know what they're going to do. Because the one thing that's clear that the Kings have shopped the pick, tried to gauge interest in it. I mean, they're, they're going to be active. They're going to do something, I think. You know, they're, they're looking around to try to make something happen to get this team much better, much faster. But the things... They will prioritize, I believe, in this pick, no matter what, are going to be someone who can help them sooner than later, someone who can play defense, 
and probably someone who can, yeah, not, not in the probably. Yeah, someone can play defense. And also, someone who can add some size to this team. And like I said, Moody, Wagner, guys who won't fall to them like Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, all those guys would do that as well. But they're not going to be there. So that's why I think you see a lot of these mock drafts put Wagner in Sacramento, and it makes sense. Talking about 6'9", maybe 6'10", 220. A guy who's known for, or it's believed, has the ability to be a good defender in the NBA. You know, 3 and D type guy. A guy you would hope and think that maybe, especially on this Kings team, should be able to crack the rotation off, you know, from day one. Even if he's not a starter. You know, if the Kings say, man, say the Kings are able to re-sign Mo Harkless and he starts the year and your starters are hypothetically Mo and Harrison at the forwards, no reason why Wagner couldn't, shouldn't be able to come in and play right away. You know, maybe Robert Woodard's in the mix, but you're trying to get a guy who can help you immediately. And whether it's just style of play, even the analytics, you know, community thinks that based on the analytic ties of the Kings front office, Wagner makes sense. You know, so the only memories probably King fans have of Franz Wagner's brother Mo what would be the first California classic where Marvin Bagley took off and dunked on that kid and it was something Something spectacular. You almost felt bad for uh, poor Mo Wagner in that situation. <laughs> it was nasty. And unfortunately, it's probably one of the more memorable highlights of Marvin's career. Because he just hasn't been able to have more of those. But. It's going to be an interesting thing to see. Just what do the Kings do with that spot? They're in a tough spot because ideally you move that pick and get veteran help, but is that pick high enough to get help that also makes sense financially? I know I saw some fans clamoring for Steven Adams. I don't get that at all. Why? I don't think he fits the King style at all, and I don't think you want to take on you know him to replace Rashawn Holmes. I don't think it's a good fit. So, and then, of course, uh, Stevens has been dealt to Memphis, which continues to try to fortify itself to stay a playoff team. So, I don't know what vet is out there. All these pipe dream type guys, whether it be, you know, the Dame Lillard rumors, Ben Simmons, you know, all that stuff. Those guys aren't going to be in Sacramento. I just don't see any pathway to that happening. So, that's what leads me to believe, if anything, the Kings make a move to add another pick, and they keep nine. And if it's Franz Wagner, at least it'll make sense why they did it. That don't mean it'll be the right pick, 
I trust me, I've been enough around enough of these Kings drafts to know it, you know, that being happy on draft day means absolutely nothing because that thing can go so left so quick like it did with Thomas Robinson where you saw in Summerlee, you said, oh shit, this may not work out well. So, I'm prepared for that. <laughs> Essentially, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but there, there's so many different ways, I think, <laughs> that Davion Mitchell would make sense. Like I said, I think Moses Moody, I think if Bo Knight is there, he makes sense. I think, I don't know. You know, if if one of those guys like Kaminga falls, he makes sense. You know, there's just so many different ways this thing could go for the Kings. But either way, I can guarantee you that whenever the, you know, Mindy McNair talks to us about the draft pick, it'll be a guy they've targeted all along. You know all the cliches, I've targeted this guy all along, high character, blah, 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 blah. Sure, none of you care about that. You just want to see this team win games. I completely understand that, but I say all that to say that this is going to be a crapshoot. Outside of taking a pure point guard, or, you know, taking a Tyrese clone, essentially. <laughs> or a De'Aaron clone. I could make an argument why any other pick makes sense. And why you do it. I could argue why a center like, you know, like, like why Kai Jones makes sense. I can argue why Keon Johnson, Jalen Johnson, you know, uh, Kispert, uh, Giddy, all these guys, they all make sense, you know, Trey Murphy, all of them, you know, I can make an argument for, Chris Duarte, all of them make sense for this team on some level, if you're a Kings fan, you just hope that Monty McNair gets it right, they got it right last year with Tyrese, we still don't know about those second round picks yet, maybe Jemias. Ramsey and Robert Woodard end up being, you know, contributors this coming season. But got it right with Tyrese. So for you Kings fans out there, it really is in money you trust this week. But before we get out of here, I wanted to uh, get our, you know, our usual hip hop segment in. And I'm not sure if I'll be touching base before this. I want to quickly give a brief preview of the upcoming verses. Dipset, the diplomats against the locks. And my initial thought is Dipset, you know, I know that they don't really do the whole competition part, but my whatever. My thought is Dipset wins this pretty easily. Not because the locks aren't good, but to me, what gets you going in the in a verses is the team that has the party anthems, the songs that make you go, oh yeah, get up and get going. And I think Dipset has more of those. 
If we're going to talk straight lyrics, that's probably the locks. But if you just do, if you just, I mean, dipset song and dipset anthem, then would it be in dipset? I don't think anybody on either side has more individual hits than Cameron. You know, and it'll be interesting to see how they do that because Jade has obviously done a versus already by himself. You know, you know, we did the one with Fabulous, but does he? You know, does Jada go back into his solo bag? You know, the Styles peak. You know, get some of his. You know, throw a couple of his solo hits in there. But I think if we start going solo, Cameron runs the show. Jim Jones got some of his, you know, Jewel Santana can get on there with some stuff. So I'm looking forward to it because this is going to be a very New Yorkish. Take me back to the early 2000s type deal. Make you want to go get a big old, you know, chain like Dipset. So I'm really expecting a very entertaining show next week for this versus with those two groups. It's going to be, I think it's going to be wildly entertaining. You know, like I said, Cameron, he's got to at least break out the pink fur, right? He's got to bring, he's got to, he's got to wear all pink at least some point, you know. You know, and then we got to, like I said, we got to get Dipset at them. We got to, get, you know. The locks had the songs they did with Bad Boy and the Rough Rider stuff. This is going to be really good, I think. It's going to be entertaining. Again, they don't really do the whole... Com they're not really competing like the like I thought the original point of Versus was. It's still going to be good, though. And what I'm going to do is this weekend when I'm not worried about the draft, and going into this weekend, I'm just going to listen to a bunch of locks and a bunch of dipset. See what they're going to, you know, see what I like, what I remember. And again, I think Dipset's gonna put on a hell of a show. No, no slight to the locks, but I just think in this format, gotta give the edge to Dipset, even though they say it's not a competition. Well, folks, I'm gonna get ready to get up out of here. Thanks for listening. You know where to find me on Twitter, Mister Underscore Jason Jones. Instagram, Mister Jones LBC. Shout out again to the Basketball Podcast Network. Check us out. We've got you covered with the NBA top to bottom. I'll be back at some point after the draft, but we'll discuss whoever there is the Kings pick, where they go with that, so on and so forth. Until then, enjoy the basketball offseason noise. Enjoy some good hip-hop. I will catch you all next time. And I'm gone. I'm out. Peace. Audi 5000 and whatever other rehashed way of saying goodbye you can think of. I'm doing that. Let's do it. Let's do it.